Hey, good morning, Emerge Church. Welcome. It's so great to have you guys here. I am standing here in my front yard. You can kind of see a little bit of what's back there. And I was just walking through these leaves and it just made me think about what we're going to be talking about here um, and different ways that we can just go about things. So this is uh, week number three of To the Cross. And uh, we're going through uh, all these stories about how Jesus is going towards the cross. And um, today we're going to be looking at the Last Supper. And at the Last Supper, you see that um, John and Peter are sent. And they're sent out to go and find a place and, and have it prepared and get ready for that Last Supper. And um, from that, I've got this acronym of GOOF and how we just goof things up. And so I just want to just kind of start thinking about things that you've goofed up over the past couple weeks. And uh, while you're thinking about that, I just want to share it. It's been a hard week for me uh, this week. Um, from sickness, uh, as well as my grandmother, um, she's 90 years old uh, in her lower 90s, and she is on her last legs. And so Emily and I had the opportunity to go and sing and pray with her, um, read some scripture. And it was just a, a good time to be able to just be in the presence of God because he was present and evident in that room with this Holy Spirit. Uh, Grandma was at complete peace. It was just a beautiful time and brought tears to my eyes and it was a hard time. So I had both of those and then got a phone call that my friend, his dad passed away of stage four lung cancer. And so he asked me to do the funeral. So now I've got that kind of weighing on top of me. And then I went in and did the early voting this week. I hope you guys would get out there and vote this week uh, if you haven't yet. Uh, and then you know, we have everything else that's going on here in this world, this political craziness, uh, the latest happenings in Philadelphia uh, with another innocent life that has been lost. And so with all this craziness that's been going on, it just makes me start to think about how and what am I doing? You know, do you have the right tools in place to be able to take the next steps, to be able to recenter and refocus yourselves? And so, as I was walking through these leaves, it made me start thinking about utilizing this rake and how I can just rake with all my power and all my might and try to do it with all my power and, and not rely on God. And I can only get just this far. But then if I go back and I go and take all of the other aspects, like say I have a, a blower, a handheld blower, that thing's powerful and it'll do a little bit, but it won't clear it all the way out. But then if I have this big rolling blower, that's the one, that's the ticket. That's the one that's going to really just blow the leaves across as long as I'm following with the wind. So it's like following the Holy Spirit and trusting him. So when you just look at when life is in a tailspin for you, what are you doing? How are you taking the time to really just focus in on God? Are you taking time for praise, for prayer? Are you taking time to read scripture? Are you taking those moments to slow down, to recenter yourself, and just be able to focus in on Him. So during this week, here is a few scriptures from Psalms 27 that were just a true comfort uh, for me this week that I just wanted to share with you. It's from Psalms 27, one. It says, the Lord is my light and salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is my stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? That's also a great song, isn't it? If you go on down to verse four, it says, the one thing I ask from the Lord, this only do I seek, that I will dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life to 
give on the beauty of the Lord and to seek him in his temple. You know, I saw that in grandma's face. She loves the Lord so much and she's ready to go there and see him. Uh, there's just such beauty and peace about that. And then finally, in, in verse number 13 through 14, it says, I remain confident of this, that I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait for the Lord, be strong and take heart and wait for the Lord. You see, I encourage you to take time to put God as a priority in the midst of all the chaos. You'll just be amazed at how your highs and lows will be mellowed out when you're just spending time in prayer and reading and singing some praise songs. A little bit of time from five to 15 minutes. Of course, more would be better. Uh, but if you just have a little bit of time, just do it. So let's pray and then we'll uh, get started. Father, thank you so much for your goodness. Thank you for your grace. Thank you, Father, for lives well lived. And thank you for your power, your peace, your presence. And thank you for your testimony all throughout. So God, today as we are uh, about to open up your word, God, may you speak something to us, speak something to our hearts. May we see you in a new light. May we come closer to you. And Father, may uh, we just take these steps away from here today that will be better and that we will come closer to you and to know you better and let our roots grow deep down in you. So Father, we say thank you. We say we love you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, we're continuing here today in our five-week series of To the Cross. This is week number three, and we're going to take a look at the Last Supper and read from Luke 22. You know, we could read from Matthew, Mark, and even John, but Luke really just gives us the best recount of the events of the Last Supper. So let's start off by reading from Luke chapter 22, verses 7 through 38. All right, here we go. Luke 7 says, then the day came of unleavened bread on which the Passover lamb was to be sacrificed. Jesus sent Peter and John saying, go and make preparations for us to eat the Passover. See, Jesus was sending his two trusted men, the two trusted men uh, in his closest circle to be able to go and prepare for this important feast, especially since it's gonna be the last supper, which they didn't know at this time. Where do you want us to prepare it, they asked, which is a fair question. You see, Peter and John were not from this area. They were visitors in the area. They were Gentiles, so they didn't know exactly where to go. And uh, so Jesus replies in verse 10. He replied, as you enter a city, a man carrying a jar of water will meet you. You see right there, that is a big flag because that is a job that women did. Women would carry flat um, jars where men would just, they would carry flasks, like leather flasks, but, but women would always carry jars. So this would set this person apart. It would set him apart and make him visible and let them know that this is who Jesus wanted him to see, them to see and to follow. So it goes on to say, follow him into the house that he enters and say to the owner of the house, the teacher asks, where's the guest room where I may eat the Passover with my disciples? He will show you a large upper room, all furnished make preparations there. So they left and they found things just as Jesus had told them. You see, Jesus did not identify ahead of time this would be the Passover so that Judas would not be able to disrupt this. 
because <clears throat> he knew Judas was going to be betraying him. So this is important that <coughs> so this is a uh, this is a time that Jesus didn't reveal it to everyone so that Judas couldn't betray him just yet uh, and interrupt this Passover. So they went ahead and they prepared the Passover. Verse 14, when the hour came, Jesus and his apostles reclined at the table. You see that when you're having the Passover, the idea is to be reclining at the table, to be laying back um, and to be present uh, in, in the midst of it. And he said to them, I have eagerly desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. For I tell you, I will not eat it again until it finds fulfillment in the kingdom of God. And then here's the first cup. After taking the cup, he gave thanks and said, take this and divide it among you. For I tell you, I will not drink again of the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God comes. In verse 19, and he took the bread and he gave thanks and he broke it and gave it to them saying, this is my body that's given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Verse 20, in the same way, after the supper, he took the cup saying, and that must be the second cup here. This is the cup of the new covenant in my blood, which was poured out for you. But the hand of him who is going to betray me is the hand here with mine on the table. So, but the hand of him who is going to betray me is with mine on the table, is what it says. Verse 22, the son of man will go as it has been decreed, but woe to that man who betrays me. They began to question among themselves which of them it might be who would do this. Also dispute arose among them as to which of them was considered to be the greatest. Jesus said to them, The kings of the Gentiles lorded over them, and those who exercise authority over them call themselves benefactors. See, benefactors is just a made-up title to give them prominence and pomp and glory. Um, so it's a pointless title. You are not to be like that. Instead, the greatest among you should be like the youngest, and the one who rules like the one who serves. This is like the first evidence of servant leadership. For who is greater, the one who is at the table or the one who serves? Is it not the one who is at the table? But I am, going, I am among you as one who serves. You are the ones who have stood by me in my trials. And I confer, you, I confer on you a kingdom, just as my father conferred on me, one on me, so that you may eat and drink at my table in my kingdom and sit on thrones, judging the twelve tribes of Israel. Verse 31, Simon, Simon, Satan has asked to sift you as wheat, but I have prayed for you, Simon, that your faith may not fail, and that when you have turned back, strengthen your brothers. But he replied, Lord, I am already ready to go with you to prison and even to death. Jesus answered, I tell you, Peter, before this rooster crows today, you'll deny three times that you even know me. Then Jesus asked him, when I sent you without purse, bag, or sandals, did you lack anything? He's reminding them. Nothing, they answered. He said to them, but now if you have a purse, take it, also a bag. And if you don't have a sword, sell your cloak and buy one. For it is written, and he was numbered with the transgressors, so that the apostles are going to be arrested and scattered, and um, they're going to be tried. And so that's, what, that's what's upcoming. So he's giving them a forewarning here. And I tell you that this must be fulfilled in me. Yes, that is what is written about me is reaching its fulfillment. The disciple said, See, Lord, here are two swords. That is enough, he replied. 
See, Passover was the first holiday ever given by Yahweh. You know, God to the Jewish people. So Yahweh, he gave to him. Several times the Lord gave the Israelites specific instructions on how to commemorate their miraculous exodus from Egypt by recounting the exodus and the Passover story over a shared meal of unleavened bread, wine, bitter herbs, and roasted lamb on the 14th day of the month of Aviv. This was to be a lasting ordinance for all future generations. You know, I, I won't go into all of the historical imagery that's depicted by artists about scenes from this time. You know how most of what we've seen is a, a white Jesus, but that's so not true. But here's a scene, you can take a look here, but you've likely seen before. See, as a righteous Jewish man, Jesus grew up celebrating Passover. Every year in Jerusalem, he did it. And so, as to be expected in the days leading up to his arrest, Jesus again obediently celebrated the Passover meal with his disciples on the 14th day of Aviv. It was during that evening that Jesus used various items of the Passover table as prophetic signs of what he was about to do in the following 24 hours. He was explaining his mission and his purpose to his disciples. We'll just look at the unleavened bread and the wine for today since we're talking about the Last Supper. You see, during Passover, God commanded the Israelites to eat only unleavened bread, which is bread without yeast, for seven days. The point was to have an annual reminder of how they left Egypt in such a hurry that they couldn't let the bread rise. Because matzah has no yeast, it also doesn't rise, and it must be pierced all over to prevent it from burning. Those striped burn marks are often inevitable. You see, this pierced, striped, and holy bread was a perfect symbol for what would be done to Jesus. The prophet Isaiah, he, he foretells that the Messiah through his righteousness and blameless, though he's righteous and blameless, he would be pierced for our transgressions. And that by his stripes, we are healed in Isaiah 53.5. See, Jesus held up the pierced, striped, yeastless bread on the Passover table, which symbolized affliction and freedom at the same time and compared it to his, his holy body. And then he broke it and divided it amongst his disciples. And soon Jesus would just be pierced, striped, and broken. He would give himself up to affliction, explaining to that, that to his disciples that his body was to be given for them. In other words, it was given for their freedom. Now, if you look at the wine, you can say, why do all four authors highlight the fact that the cup is after the bread? Here, the Jewish tradition can be quite helpful. You see, in the oral teachings of various rabbis, Jewish people are instructed to drink four different glasses of wine during the Passover in order to remember the four promises that God made to the Jewish people. And he made it to them while they were still slaves. Two cups representing the first two promises. I will bring you out or the cup of sanctification and I will free you or it's the cup of deliverance. They were intended to be drunk before the dinner. The third cup, it, it represented the promise, I will redeem you, or it's a cup of redemption. It was to be drunk after dinner, after eating the Passover lamb. You see, when consuming the broken matzah, specifically the piece of matzah that had been wrapped in a napkin, 
and hidden away during dinner. That's when they had that bread or that cup. This cup after supper is named the cup of redemption and it symbolized the blood of the lamb that was placed on the door frames of the Israelites' houses while they were still enslaved in Egypt. And it signaled the angel of death to pass over their homes and save their firstborns. You see, when Jesus held up the cup after supper and said that from now on it would symbolize the new covenant in his blood, he was foretelling his new role as the new, the second and better lamb of God who would take away the sins of the world. Just as the first lamb's blood would serve as a price to redeem the people of Israel from slavery and to enable them to enter into a covenant with God at Mount Sinai, so to Jesus' blood would be the payment to redeem his disciples, both then and now from slavery to sin and to enable them to enter a new covenant with God. You see, the final cup is, I will take you as my people, or it's also known as the cup of praise. Okay, let's just turn back. Let's apply what we read today. All right, don't laugh at this one, don't, because there, there's just something that just kept popping up while reading this, uh, while reading this Last Supper. It was documented with Peter and John, and where you can see that pieces of it kind of throughout the balance of the reading as well, from the servant leadership aspect to the apostles being prepared for their future. So I came up with this acronym, GOOF, G-O-O-F. Yes, GOOF. What does GOOF mean? Well, it means to make a mistake, make an error, or to just have misjudgment. Now, I'm not saying that you need to goof up things, because we can easily do that in our own power, right? We can easily do that. In our own power, our own thoughts, and even in our own actions, we goof things up. Now let's use this acronym GOOF to put it into a plan and framework as we're seeking God in a deeper way. You see, we are all on a different journey that God has us on. We could be far off track and not even know God. We could be on our way back to God, or we could even simply just be stuck in a rut right now. You see, you know where you are. God knows where you are. Now let's see how we can just take some steps to keep pointing us back to Jesus. So GOOF stands for go, observe, order, and finish. Then we can rinse and repeat that. So let's look at each of these a little closer through the lens of what God's calling you to do. You see, when God's calling you to do something greater, it usually doesn't make sense. It usually doesn't at first. So that's where the go comes into play. You need to go and do what he's telling you to do. Just like John and Peter were told to go, we need to start taking those steps of making the move towards what he's insisting upon us to do. Next is observe. You need to observe what's going on around you in the midst of it all. You need to keep your ears and eyes and minds open. Keep a watchful eye on what's happening all around you. Next is order. Now that you've gone and observed, you have the notes in place to get things prepared, to get it all in order. You can just get it ready, just like John and Peter did with the Passover meal. And lastly, it's finish. You finish the steps. Now it's a project that's going to be moving forward. Maybe it's a celebration of a completion or whatever it might be. It's the completion of it that 
it gets it to this point. Then you can just rinse and repeat and do the same item and same thing each and every time. Here's another reason why I chose Goof. Because we all feel like we goof it all up when it comes down to God's plan for our lives. Yes, we all goof things up, but wow, you can just see how God used some of these goofballs in the Bible to do some great things and be part of his story. You see, Adam, he was the first man that was a blame shifter and wouldn't resist to peer pressure. You can go on next. Cain, he was the firstborn human being. What did he do? He murdered his brother. Noah. Think about Noah. He was the last righteous man on earth at the time, and he had a drinking problem. Can you believe that? He had a drinking problem. Then you have Abraham. He was the forefather of faith, and he let other men walk off with his wife on two different occasions. You can see that in Genesis in 12 and 20. Lot, he lost his father earthly, uh, early in his life, and he had a serious problem with choosing the wrong company as you can see in Sodom and Gomorrah. Isaac, he was nearly killed by his father, and he talked his wife into concealing their marriage. You see, it's just another one. Jacob, Jacob, he out-wrestled God and was pretty much a pathological deceiver. He was out for his own good. And then you have Moses. He was the humblest man on the face of the earth. But he also had a very serious problem with his temper. Interesting, huh? And that's just some from the Old Testament, let alone you have what's from the New Testament and what we just read here. You have Peter mentioned here in the reading today. He denies knowing, and he's going to deny knowing Jesus three times as Jesus said that he would. You see, you may have some hang-ups, some hold-ups on your life. You may feel that you are far from God right now, and you may feel unworthy of it. And that's just because we all feel unworthy of it. Jesus died on the cross for us so that we may have the peace, grace, joy, and hope given to us in full. All of us, are, our sins are paid, the past, the current, and the future. Jesus has paid it all for us. We can rest in knowing that, but we can't rest in continuing in that way. We simply need to strive forward in our journey to get to know Jesus in a deeper and better way, to let our roots grow deep down and to let us get overwhelmed in his presence and in his goodness and to the point that he just overflows out of us into our interactions with our family, with our neighbors and with our coworkers. You see, that's my prayer for you, that you will realize that you are God's child, that you are deeply loved and cherished and that you are brought here for and that you are here to love and lead others all around you and that God loves you for who you are for where you are right now and for what you're going to be doing so we go in prayer with me father thank you so much for you for your goodness for your grace father thank you for this opportunity to open up your scriptures to read about your goodness about your love Father, thank you for this story um, and this recount of hearing and knowing about you preparing the Last Supper and that you preparing the way for all of us so that we can celebrate and honor in you in every single aspect. So God, today, 
we just ask that um, you help us to realize that we're not goofballs. And uh, that even if we are goofballs, you've used many of those in the past. The most unlikely characters with an unlikely history that are part of your story. And that's what we are. We're part of your story. So God, use us. Speak into our hearts, our minds, our souls so we can hear from you what you want us to do next. Help us to love you better and help us to come closer. Now, there's some of you listening here that may not know Jesus, and I want to give you the opportunity to give your life to God right now. So we say, dear Jesus, thank you for this day. Thank you for bringing me here. And I don't know everything about you, but I do know that I want to have your hope and your joy and your peace. So, Father, today I lay my life down to you. I'm going to believe that you died and you rose again, and I want to call you my Lord and my Savior today. Change me from the inside. Help me to grow closer to you, and help me to love you and learn more about you each and every day. In Jesus' name. Now, Father, for every person that prayed that prayer, for every person that is taking their next steps, coming closer to you, Father, I ask that you just surround them with your arms, that you will love them, that you will carry them, that you will cover them in all ways and in all things. And so, Father, we're going to give you all the praise and all the glory at the end of this. And we just love you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right, guys. Hey, if you made a decision, fill out that connection card, please. Let us know that you're here. Write something down in the comments. Send us a direct message. Would love to connect with you. Jump on our mailing list. Get ready to send out the email for November. We have several things that are coming up in November. Hey, um, November 15th, big day. We're gonna have child dedications. If you wanna do it, go out onto our Facebook page. Uh, you can click on events on our webpage as well. Check out the link. Um, submit your kids' information if you want your child dedicated. We would love to have you be a part of it. We're going to do it in the middle of the gathering next week. And uh, really just love to have so many families be a part of it. So be sure you register so we can get everything prepared in advance. Uh, that will be on November 15th at our 10 a.m. gathering at Daniel's Vineyard. We'll be doing that in person and um, can't wait for that. Also, right after that, we're going to have a friends gathering and would love for anyone that's an attending that's attending that day to join us for a meal right afterwards. Daniel's Vineyard is creating a Thanksgiving meal for us and it's going to be a great time just to hang out, get to know each other, fill our bellies and also the opportunity for us to raise some money for uh, food pantries in Hancock County so that we can impact the lives of those that are getting ready to be impacted right around Thanksgiving. And it's a, usually a good time for most families, but for those that have nothing, and especially in the midst of COVID, there's a lot of shortfalls. And so these food pantries are needing some extra food into their pantries to be able to supply all the families. And so we're going to take a free will offering on that day and we'll just send a basket out or you can put it in online and um, give towards it and then we will turn around and give back out and help to fill those shelves. And they don't want canned foods and they don't want anything because of COVID. They want the, the cash to be able to go out and buy all the goods. So I'd rather just bring in goods, canned goods and perishable items. They don't want that. They want the cash to be able to purchase uh, each of the food pantries and then be able to supply it to those families. So, We'd love for you guys to join us in that. Continue to follow along with us. Um, you can see all the other announcements down through the gathering guide. 
and um, thanks for being here today, guys. I want you guys to have a fantastic week. Love you guys so much. We'll see you next week. Hopefully, see you in person. Uh, if not, we'll see you here on social media. Have a great week. Thanks so much.